Visceralist Podcast. This is episode uh, 128. Uh, that's 128. That's uh, right. Gmail. Uh, <laughs> let's get into trifling in NYC. <laughs> Gmail. <laughs> almost, I almost had it there. But let's get right into our amazing segment called Trifling in NYC. I Oh, I promoted this. And so... All right, so there's this uh, entity called the Drunken Canal, which is like the cool kids of, of the Lower East Side. Have you heard of this? No. I'm, so the I mean, New York, I forget if it was New York Times or the New Yorker, wrote an article about um, the uh, area of the Lower East Side that's right around uh, Canal Street and like Ludlow. Okay. Because there's a bunch of different, like, yeah, like cool restaurants. Like, you know, I hang out there and there's this zine that is has been started called the drunken canal <laughs> and it's like two like 20 two young ladies in their mid-20s who started this zine and before we get to i mean i have submitted uh visceralist content t- to them oh, okay. uh, that i'm not sure that they're uh accepting but it, look it's it's their thing but anyway there's an there's an article in New York fucking times about how they're cool. And like <laughs> this area is cool. They, and they're calling it dime square. Cause I there's a that, restaurant yeah. called dimes and it's, and it's sort of, I mean, it's now sort you of got like, me looking this up. Yeah. Dime square. Like that's where the, I mean, you know, uh, not, not to, uh, you know, extend this. I've been hanging out there with, with, my, with, with the crew guys, you know, you, also you, um, you know, we've been there, but okay. Yeah. I, you know, I like this. this yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we been had a segment called trifling in NYC, <laughs> similar content, I think. And I think you have a story. And so why don't you go for it? Talk about it. Um, yeah. So a couple weeks ago, um, I went to a friend's house in park slope, their apartment. So they have, what is considered a garden level apartment in the brownstone. So they're on the first floor and then, you know, you have access, you have the, the, the backyard, which is like really nice, like a great feature came in super convenient for COVID times, you know, just to have that personal outdoor space. But um, they also back there have a nice, have a pretty cool setup. They got a nice like outdoor dining table plus a grill. So I've been over there to grill a, a few times. Um, gangster, own, gangster, <laughs> gangster, grizzles. DJ drama. Um, Sorry. I know. You Should I go? Resist. You couldn't resist that. Do, you just do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave. <laughs> oh, but um, the thing is, it's a propane grill. Now, I grew up in Ohio using mm, like the mm-hmm. charcoal so i i'm like i know about propane grill like the existence of it and mm-hmm. i know the idea about it mm. and i've used this grill maybe two times this is probably the second time i've personally cooked on it um the first time i had some issues with it as well sort of burned myself of course, not knowing yeah. what i was doing um so this time i, I felt pretty good going in because i'd used a propane grill back in april at some Airbnb and things turned out like super smooth. So I was like mm-hmm. feeling, feeling nice and confident yeah, going into it's this. It's almost one. like you're like you're a gangster on the Grizzle or something. Right. 
Exactly. But uh, so I go go into it feeling good. Turn it on. I got everything going. Got the steaks going. Got some vegetable kebabs going. Everything is everything is smooth sailing, right? Um, it's closed, and this is the the kind that has the thermometer on the lid, so you can see the temperature inside. Oh, um, Uncle Uncle Pennybags over here, Mister Rich Guy. <laughs> this was in the Hamptons. I, I I feel like I heard that. Oh no, that's a standard. That's a standard feature on these grills. Yeah, for some people, it is pretty standard. Yeah, that's, okay, all right. So, for me, where I wanted the meat to be was around, like, the 500. I didn't want it, like, higher than 500. Really, like, 450, 425, 450. And I'm not, I'm, like, chatting. I wasn't really paying attention. I turned back and look, and all of a sudden, that fucking temperature gauge was turned up to, like, 600 degrees. And... I'm like, uh oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's what's happening here? So I turn down and what? I'm sorry. What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I sort of like because mm. you can see like sort of in through the sides. There's some yeah, openings. Fancy. Um, yeah, one of those fancy things you can look in. And it's like full blown flames going on inside. Like it's essentially, I have a contained fire in this in this grill right now. So now is this, this is just the food catching on fire. Well, we did some breakdowns and okay, we found sorry. out where right. where where it came from. You were jumping the gun over there. I was, but uh, so so it's you know it's burning. I'm like, oh uh, guys, uh, we gotta do something here because I don't want to lift it up, right? Because yeah. that's just going to add fuel. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a. So I turn it off. I'm like, how do you turn this off? I was like, hey, friend, how do I turn this off? How do I turn this off? It's like, so I turn turn off the gas and I open it up. Like, I'm not like a complete fool with the propane. So I know you have to turn off the propane. So I open the bottom part, turn off the propane, and like, make sure this is all the way off. So that's all the way off. And like, so how do I stop this? How how do I stop? And so my friend, he had recently, um, him and his wife, met their, their their place. So they recently had had a child, and so she she's like super competent, and she's usually taking care of these types of things. Like she's like really like well versed in a wide range of activities. Um, so she's in the house feeding their their newborn child, mm-hmm. and so he goes in. He's like, let, let me get, let me get her. She's, she'll know what to do. She'll know what to do. So she goes in. She'll know what to do. She goes in, and he comes back out. And he's like, mm. she's, she's not gonna help us. <laughs> what? What? He's like, I don't know. She said, I'm, na- I'm naked. I'm feeding the baby. You gotta fucking figure it out. And it's like, it's like... something about, uh, yeah, you know, preserving our. Our lifeline um, to the world, uh, you know, this thing that humans do, uh, procreating and caring for our offspring. You remember that? You remember that? Remember that yeah, nine months ago? R- r- right around nine months ago when that happened? So he goes back out. She's not going to help. I was like, okay. So 
I was like, someone oh, was supposed to do that. Oh my god. I knew she wouldn't, you know, I figured she wasn't going to help. Yeah. <laughs> She's occupied. So we're sort of sitting there, and then this yeah, is... Yeah, occupied, yeah. <laughs> so the arrangement of these backyards is like, so they're all obviously next to each other, but then it's also up against the backyard of the people from the other street, you know? Okay. So there are people outside as well. And now stuff is actually burning. So smoke starts to come. So you haven't opened up the thing in this whole time? No, because I just wanted it to die. If I opened it up, I was afraid. But you turn you have, turn the propane down. Everything's off. Propane is off. Okay, uh, All right. the yeah, things are off. That should like, that should settle it. It's not getting any fuel from there. But I'm like, gotcha. if I open this sucker up, and then mm. oxygen comes in, like Language. is it going to send like a fireball in my face? Probably. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that. I definitely don't want that. Um, so we just left it closed, and I was like, all right, hopefully it burns out. But then at the same time. It was like these these nice steaks that were on there, and it's like mm. I don't want these steaks to like forget the vegetables at this point. Vegetables are done. I was like, I need to get these steaks out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so the smoke is coming right, and the smoke starts to get dark. Um, wh- wh- it's like it's like what? scary smoke, like like burning smoke because okay. like regular cooking smoke is uh you know white to gray. It's like Right, you can you recognize it. So yeah. then, black smoke starts coming. Yeah, because things are actually burning now, like, like a and dragon. Neighbor goes, and I hear the neighbor start to say that one of the neighbors from another fence. I don't see them, but they're there because I could hear them earlier. And they say, "Dark smoke, dark <laughs> smoke," and I'm I'm crouched down on this on this grill, like looking in the bottom, trying to find any way to make this fire stop. I'm just like, man, we should just get some baking soda and like throw it in here or something. And he's, and I hear the neighbor again, dark smoke, dark smoke. So is, then, so he's saying that it, as a thing, like, okay, everyone knows that when it's dark smoke, it's more dangerous. Right. He's saying that as a warning, like, Hey, there's a fire that's burning stuff over there. Mm. People should be aware and I and I'm saying to my friend, the guy that actually he just came back out. It was like, you know, my wife's not going to help us right now. That's mm-hmm. like, it's like, hey, for some reason, <laughs> and he's just kind of mesmerized, just like staring at the grill. And I'm like, hey, tell him, tell him it's okay. And he doesn't hear me. It's like, tell him it's okay. And like, but I don't know why I wouldn't just say to the neighbor like it's all good, like. Like they would know that it wasn't him and be like, not, not trust my voice. <laughs> but <laughs> so he's not knowing what I'm saying. And then <laughs> he, I, he says it again. I'm like, hey. And I like, you know, hit him on the side, like, tell him it's okay. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's all right. It's all right. We got it under control. And then, <laughs> yeah. So then I still see dark smoke. I get, I'm able to get, um, so we get an oven mitt and I've got yeah. like this, this mm-hmm. super tong, the long tongs. So I'm like reaching in, I open it up a little bit with the oven mitt on my hand and I've got the oven mitt holding the tongs and I sort of reach in there and I'm able to scoop the steaks to the front and rescue the steaks. And I get the steaks out and I think that was part of it too because all that steak juice was adding to the dripping pan because the drip pans were what actually caught on fire. Um, so then that was helping to extinguish the fire and everything, you know, turned out fine in the end. So then 
afterwards, you know, after the adrenaline stopped, I was asking my friend, I was like, you didn't hear that guy? Like, saying the dark smoke mm-hmm. and all that? Like, what was what was happening? He's like, well, you know, I sort of froze up. Plus, I thought he was just saying, Park Slope, Park Slope. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, they were outside. I thought they were just, like, having a good time, like, representing the neighborhood. It's like, what? <laughs> oh like, my dear like, god like they're just saying poke slope like raising the roof yeah party time yeah right, we're partying. You know, it's like sunday afternoon party boys are out yeah yeah so so the urgency wasn't there because it's like yeah park so yeah yeah we're rocking out right on man right on yeah <laughs> yeah that's how yeah, we do park slope yeah it's what we do at park slope we burn shit. We burn shit. We met, we feed our kids and we burn shit. Uh, wow, yeah. that so is that, that's pretty good. Is there? Oh, yeah. sorry, is that it? Or no, that was it. But I do I remember another thing with them last summer at that okay. same house. But I'll save that one. It is involved the two cats, two neighborhood cats. It was a, a literal cat fight, and it was oh no UFC style. It was wild. It was cat hair flying. UFC, yeah, that's what the C stands for, I guess. <laughs> in the story you're about to tell. Well, damn, that's really good. Fuck, I my story, I thought was pretty good, but that's really good. I know your story is gonna be good. Dark smoke, park slip. Yeah, no, I see. Yeah, it rhymes. I just, I just double, <laughs> double checked it there. <laughs> Thanks for that verification. <laughs> um no mine's okay uh, um so i was uh i had some free time so i was going over to east river park uh, oh. on lower east side i just it's i like nice going park. over there yeah, yeah it was a nice day i think this is last friday um it was a nice day i was uh yeah i was like yeah i haven't been there in a while i just i just i just like going and walking there um and there's like a nice walkway right along the east river Right. So I go there, I find myself a bench that is right along the water and I'm looking out. I'm like, yeah, I'm chilling. Like, this is good. Relax my brain. Do you have any snacks with you? I had a bottle of water. Lemonade or something. Trying to cut down on the sodium and the sugar. So just a bottle of water. Um, And off off to my right. So I'm like just north of the Williamsburg Bridge. So okay. I'm looking over to South Williamsburg. So off to my right, I see um, like a small plane. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's planes. If I... But this is um, this is like a small plane that has those, um, like it, it can land in the water. Like a, like a small oh, yeah. Indiana I don't know what Jones called, type plane. It's got like the, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. That's cool. Don't see that every day. And then no, I, as I'm looking at it, I'm no. like, wow, that's kind of low to the ground. And I'm like, oh, is that sort of descending? Oh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. And as I'm looking at it, like I'm tracking it, like it's like, I'm like, oh, I want, can it, is it really going to just land in the East River? Like that would be kind of cool. Um, that would be cool. Yeah, because it had like the thing it could, and I'm like, and I'm like, well, it's ascending pretty sharply, and I'm like, oh yeah, it definitely is. Um, and I'm like, okay, so 
essentially at we'll say like Houston Street level, like as far as the east west. All right. On where I am, uh, looking out on on the East River, and so I'm like, okay, so it landed. Um, so it, if it landed, it's probably over at like 20th Street, 23rd Street. And it's but I can still see to it. the Manhattan side, or the um, just side? in the middle, like right in the middle. Oh, right in the middle. And All it right. landed. I was like, wow, I've never seen this. This is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, it's just like a, a plane that has those things. It can land in the river. And it just landed. And so I'm just kind of, I'm like, all right, cool. Didn't think much of it. And then I'm sort of keeping my eye on it. And it was just kind of like spinning around in the river. And like, it was spinning in such a way that it was like generating like waves and stuff. So it seemed like it kind of was kind of just fucking around whoever was in it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I I mean, I guess whatever, like, what do I know about this? And, but you know, there's a lot of boats that go up and down the Reese river, including like, berries and stuff but again it's whatever so i start walking up continuing continuing my walk for the day i'm walking up along the east river and all of a sudden i see in in the river uh, a big uh not a big uh, a boat an nypd boat coming towards that plane like going up yes <clears throat> going up up the river up the east river and it's moving very fast and it's clearly marked NYPD boat. I mean, it's about the size of like, probably like a cab or, or like a cop car, but it's, it's moving very fast, like super. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I wonder what it's going at. And then I look up and like, I'm seeing this, this plane still like fucking around in the water. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if the NYPD boat is going after this plane that's there. I'm like, is there a ticket they have to give or something? It's weird because the (laughs) the NYPD boat is going really fast. And I'm looking at the plane who like, again, is just kind of spinning around. And, and then I see the plane start, stop fucking around and start going up, uptown. Oh, like up the water. Still in the water. Still in the water. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if the NYPD, maybe it's going, the NYPD boat is going at something else. Maybe it's not, but there's no, there's nothing else in the water. And it's clearly, it's on a like collision course with this oh, plane. Man. And so then I see the plane start moving very fast, still in the water, um, up, up. And I'm like, oh, is it trying to get out of the way or something? <laughs> and then I see the NYPD boat turn to like clock it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. I, and I'm like, does it need to get a ticket or something? Is, is it? And then <laughs> I'm thinking so about funny. like, are planes not allowed to really land in the East River? Like, he's going to get I a mean, ticket or something. And, yeah, then, I don't think you can just and then I see like the plane start accelerating. And I'm like, wow, this would be crazy if the plane just takes off and leaves. Because it doesn't want to deal with this, and then sure enough, <laughs> if they're just like, nah, let me let me get out of here. I don't, I don't need these tickets. Sure enough, the plane accelerates, and at this point, it's like at like 59th Street, we'll say, and it takes off. As the NYPD boat is chasing it, it takes off out of the water, and it starts flying, and it banks right, and it just heads up towards Connecticut. I mean. They had to have alerted like FAA or something. I guess, yeah, I guess planes have to do that. But I was talking to a buddy later in the day 
who plays tennis a lot and he plays tennis at this courts in East River Park and he's like yeah I saw I was playing tennis at like 9am I saw that plane earlier landing what? landing in the water and just kind of fucking around so I don't know this plane is just fuck, fucking around and without a license I guess and the NYPD finally tried to check it and they the crazy thing, like, it was being pursued by the NYPD, and it just took off and left. <laughs> Maybe and it, they and it won. Choppers, but they got other, you know, NYPD has, and they got stuff. They, they do, but that, they man. only deployed the boat at this point, and, <laughs> and the boat lost. <laughs> and the boat lost. Yeah, that's wild. Send the boat. Thank I was you. like, there's no way this plane is actually just going to take off and bounce with this NYPD boat chasing it. And it fucking did. It was so wild. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I've seen like the, I've seen the NYPD boats with the lights going and moving fast in the water, but I never like saw their target. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what they do really. Like, like I, probably checking like jet skiers or just like the party yachts that go to up and down there every now and then. I mean, it's mostly just the ferries, right? It's generally the the ferries, but yeah, I do see those jet skiers. Um, I've no, I've seen people like misbehaving, and you've seen. I've never seen anything. I've never seen them be approached by the police or like yeah. any kind of authorities. Um, I just look and like mm, they probably shouldn't be doing that. This then, NYPD like, boat was going as fast. Like I've never seen a, a boat in the East River go this fast, and it was clearly going straight at this plane. Yeah, it's a bad strategy for them. They should have had like some sort of like aerial backup. <laughs> I mean, it's just a guy fucking around. I mean, as far uh, as yeah. we know. But yeah, I mean that that, I, that is pretty funny. He's it was like, yeah, well, doing for, circles in for, the water. for the yeah for the five minutes that it w- was in the water, uh, unpursued by the NYPD, it was just spinning in circles and kind of like doing loop to loops and like spraying like. It was somehow manifesting this, like these waves and the spray that I was like, oh, "That's kind of weird." I don't know. Okay, <laughs> not that's not something you see every day. There, it's not. There. But I'm like, yeah. "What? Are, what are you getting out of this?" Like, watch it. You find out. Like, we find the details. It's like some twelve year old kid flying this plane. It's like. <laughs> It's just in there being like, woo! It's it's that kid from the Australian um, viral video who's like, yeah, my sunglasses are famous. I'm not taking them off. No, I don't know that one. I gotta look up that. Oh, no. Okay, well, let's transition to uh, our... You don't know about my sunglasses are famous? No. It was this Australian news. This is before like YouTube vi- virality. This is one of the first vir- viral things. Uh, it was this kid in Australia who threw a big party at his parent at his house when his parents were out of town. Okay. And then the local news interviewed him, and he was wearing sunglasses while they were interviewing him. And one of the newscasters was like, "Can you take off your sunglasses and be respectful for a minute?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> he was like, "No." And they're like, why won't you? And he's like, my sunglasses are famous. And the newscaster's like, I'm sorry, did you just say your sunglasses are famous? And he's like, yeah. 
And then, like, that was it. <laughs> I, I see it. It came up right away. You know, yeah. Yeah, my sunglasses. I mean, I do stuff. love his, like, tr- his troll level was on, like, 100,000 million, but, like... Take them off and be respectful. <laughs> yeah. My sunglasses are famous, yeah. Well, be respectful. Your, your news channel and you're interviewing someone who had a big party, so, I mean... Yeah, it sort of comes with the territory, right? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So I presume that he was behind the wheel on this plane. <laughs> no, my my waves are famous. Uh, speaking of waves, let's get into time waves. Um, it's the last. Okay, Dang, we're, this guy's name is Corey Worthington. Ugh, are you serious? Yes. His last name is Worthington. <laughs> yeah. course it is oh man christ um well speaking of worthington um let's get into the last episode of loki uh we're very late to the party but you know we do this on a particular schedule and this is what we do our listeners know this and we definitely want to check in and like i mean look we have to talk about jonathan majors just destroying that that shit I mean, geez, Louise. Um, yeah, I mean, basically all my notes are around him. So I, I think maybe we can do like just a quick summary of the whole series, uh, and then get into it if you want. So, but all my notes are about him. Think about the whole series. So, excuse me. If I would give like my overall impressions of the series now or later? No, yeah, no. Out of the three TV shows, this was definitely number one for me. Um, <clears throat> even though this one has a, well, no, none of them have like a really like ending, ending, like a final, like a uh, end of the real story ending. I guess Wanda sort of did. Like, cause she left the town, like that part ended, but you know, it, it moved on. Um, yeah, this was definitely the best for me, even, even though I really enjoyed Captain and Winter Soldier. Uh, <laughs> I like their buddy cop routine. It's not at just... all what it's called, but okay. Fa- Falcon, Falcon, <laughs> Falcon. <laughs> I knew it wasn't right. And you just let, let me hang in <laughs> but you helped me out, you know? As soon as I said it, I was like, it's it's not the right name. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But then, you know, like I, I think I had mentioned it before, what I was really like missing was the, the super element, you know, the supernatural or like magic yeah. or, or mm-hmm. something to it. And this one had it. Um, and it just had it for the whole series. I, you know, uh, who else was in here? I had my man, Owen Wilson, who I haven't seen in a while. I really liked seeing him. Um as you mentioned, Jonathan Majors came in at the end. He gave a great performance for the one episode that he was in. It was awesome. Um, I really liked all the actors. I thought the chemistry was great between all of the characters. I did enjoy like the multi, the multiple Loki's, the different versions of them all, but like the differences, but you know, they all had that like common, common theme between them, except for maybe like alligator Loki. Which was, yeah. Well, like, uh, if you give him time, you know. Okay, fine. We got to get to know him. Um, and 
I, I liked the sort of like retro future feel of the mm, yeah. like the time variance agency. Um, it, it, overall, I, I yeah, it was just the best one for me. I think because maybe it had like a mix of sci-fi, like it was more heavily sci-fi, which I think I like better um, than what you would consider the other ones, I guess, drama and just straight up action. Um, and this one definitely had the best villain by far. Not That's not even close. Like we didn't, and he was only in it for like, <laughs> well, I guess female Loki, Sylvie, she was a good villain until she wasn't the villain. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he who remains was an amazing villain for just the one episode. The others, I don't even remember who they were now. Um, well, Rav- Ravana or whatever. Uh, oh wait, I don't know. If she, I would consider her a villain. Is she a villain? I, I yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, she kind of s- seems to be on her own thing. I wonder how she's going to turn out. I she guess we well, so the act the actor portraying is. Uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who is in my favorite episode of uh, Black Mirror, uh, San Junipero. I have no idea. Have have you not seen that? Oh, dude. It's a good one. It's the best one. That's the one that won an Emmy, but um, I'll let you finish. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, Yeah, so it definitely has the best villains, I think just everything about it I, I liked a lot um maybe i just like loki as a character more than the other ones too it's possible i like i like the character i like the actor um and i thought that it did a good job of sort of staying staying it didn't rely i for me it didn't rely as heavily on like previous marvel content mm-hmm. and like it didn't need to stay as connected to the universe as the other ones did but i guess that's just like the, the uh, like the space and sci-fi aspect to it not being like in the world i guess like in the real world so i like that it didn't really have anything to do with anybody else in the mcu um yeah overall it's number one falcon 2 and um scarlet witch 3 is it mm-hmm. scarlet? yeah scarlet witch okay was that the name of the show no okay what was the show i'm not it was it, their names what was what i was think it, it was scarlet witch no now you can no you see see <laughs> it was dang i don't rem- i really don't remember it was scarlet it, it was a scarlet witch it was a scarlet witch no because it was his name too wasn't no, it no it was just scarlet witch i don't think it was scarlet witch okay well let me give my uh spiel on loki give your two cents in here yeah um Look, yeah, like, I mean, uh, long-time listeners will know uh, if they've listened to the last two episodes that I'm not a huge, huge fan of this, but uh, Jonathan Majors saved this entire series. Um, and I don't think this is a spoiler. Uh, he is portraying Kang 
um, who is a big comic book villain who inter- interfaces with a lot of the, I think the Avengers, Fantastic Four. Um, so he, he's going to be a longtime villain. And apparently what I, what I heard just pr- from a production thing is that he did this, uh, episode and yeah. then, then they cast him as Kang, uh, because he How's was so, he was so good at, at this. Like he was so good in this, like the character that he's portraying in the comics like Kang is a little tricky in that he's he is a variant here and there, so he's different characters. Right. Um, the character he's portraying in this is usually Kang, but he could be a variant, so technically he could be any actor portraying him. But okay, he was so, so good in this role forward with him. that okay. they cast him as Kang, who is the main villain, the Ant Man, but he's expected to be sort of the Thanos type character. Uh, for phase four, it, it's unclear if he actually will be, but you know, regardless, um, yeah, I mean, he, he killed it. Um, it's interesting. Like he was, so he is introduced, uh, sitting there and he has an apple and he's eating an apple. And this reminded me of something I heard about from a teacher, uh, where I, I have a friend or a friend of a friend. I was at a, they were like, okay, teachers sometimes have apples and they eat apples in front of students because if a student is act, a young student is acting out, out of turn, uh-huh. eating, eating an apple while you're dealing with them shows that that young person that, things are calm and normal and the stuff that they're doing isn't really that serious. It's a way of sort of implicitly calming them down. Like if I'm eating an apple while I'm dealing with you being crazy, right? you're not actually like your craziness isn't actually that difficult. So, huh? So him eating an apple while he's introduced, I, th- I think is a reference to that. I, I, th- I think it's too on the nose because yeah, this is the end game for Loki and Sylvie. It is, yeah. Uh, and he's introduced doing that. And he clearly has these power, like, not power. And this is the other thing from the comics. Like, he doesn't have powers. He's a regular human, but very, very smart. And he's from the 31st century, he says. And he just managed to figure out the multiverse and started toying with it and got in over his head, or maybe not. But. Yeah, he's the guy who's keeping things uh, right. re- relatively he's, normal. He won the what did he call it? The multiversal, the multiversal world. world. Yeah, War. which they introduced yeah. in the first episode, and it's interesting because it's like he, he is believable when he says, "Like, look, you don't like the TVA, Sylvie. You really don't like it because for good reasons." But this is better than my other variants who were terrible. Yes. And trying yeah. to, you know, being terrible, trying to dominate. Uh, I won, and the TVA sort of keeps me winning in perpetuity. Um, so, yeah, sorry that you fucked up. But, but also, like, I also have control over everything. I mean, the thing that they showed in the first episode or second episode, where it's like the Infinity Stones are just like loose change in a drawer. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. And like when Miss Miss Minutes shows up and she's like, 
Loki, we can give you what you want. Like you beat Thanos. Like we'll just give you that. Like that's really cool. Like setting him up as a villain who's like, okay, we've had Thanos for 10 years. This guy is like just brushing him aside because he's that like smart and like can, if you have control over timelines, like, yeah, you win, yeah, you, you win every time. You want. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, uh, I just recently watched Skyfall, the James Bond movie. And That's, is that with Benicio? Is it uh, enemy it's or no? with Javier Bardem? Oh my gosh. I'm on a roll today. Yeah. Um. But he, <laughs> when he's, he's introduced in a similar way where he, it's uh, he comes in an elevator and he walks towards James Bond. Very, very similar way that, that, that uh, major is introduced. And I, I think that's intentional too, which is great. Um, um, what else I have do I to have to go here? back and, and see that? The thing where that. he says, look, like when uh, Sylvie and Loki are sitting down and they're talking and he's eventually he loses patience. He's like, grow up, Sylvie. We're all villains here. And he's right. Like, and this is, this is sort of the crux of like why I didn't like the series because I didn't find Sylvie's characterization that believable. Like, okay, we find she's just out for revenge. And ultimately that's why she kills, uh, majors. Yeah. A little, little, like even, even despite she's clearly very smart. And so she realizes this probably is, well, okay. Two things. Major's character, he sets it up as you two take over or kill me. It seems like they could have been like, well, what if we want to do something else? What if we kill you and then we also take over? Like him right. setting that up as the paradigm is tricky and they bought into it. I don't think they should have. But regardless, um, there was no scenario where Loki at this point with his character development was going to be like, yeah, I just want to be King now. Um, but him fighting her to, like to the death, like, I don't know. It seems like he, she, I didn't really believe that she was this, like, I, I'm not going to say like stupid, but like this out for revenge. Yeah, I, I didn't think that she was going to end up being that, um, let me see. Stubborn? Maybe? Stubborn, yeah. Yeah, like, there was there was nothing that was going to change it for her. It didn't matter what they said, no matter how much, you know, her feelings for, for our Loki or whatever it was. It's like, this is what I came to do. I came to take down the TVA. He's explaining all this stuff that even if I take him down, it's not really taking down the TVA, but I, do I believe him? No, I don't. Yeah, she him. kept saying, he's lying, he's lying. Right. Right. I guess for her, that was for, for her, her point of view. Um, I think it, it was just kind of rushed, like showing her need for vengeance just because she was kidnapped in this timeline. Um, 
And also, I think Loki's because I, I as I, I told you, I I've gone back and watched some of the the early MC, MCU movies that Loki's in. Right. Uh, so I watched first Thor, uh, first Avengers. I started watch, watching Thor two, couldn't do it. And then I started watching Thor three and I also didn't like that. Um, and so Thor, like Loki does have an arc where he's sort of redeemed. And I, he's, he goes from being like pretty fucking evil to pretty nice. Yeah. But this series has, you know, Avengers Thor or sorry, Avengers Loki, um, go through a similar arc, but way quicker. And I think with a lot less justification. And I think that's a, that's a fault of, of, of the series. Um, he's just like a straight up good guy now. Yeah, he did. And it it was, it's true. It was very quick. He just moved into being a good guy. He, He agreed to help him. And then he's like, Oh, all right. You and me, Owen, friends to the end. We're in this now. Yeah. And also like, and the, I guess they fell in love, I guess. Uh, that seemed quick. We didn't get enough of Sylvie to to see like her real need for vengeance to where she would make this move that she knows is gonna like everything that uh, Jonathan Majors pre- presents is clearly like it's clear that he's not lying. He is in control. He is doing all this shit. Sylvie should be smart enough to see that. And if he says like. Yeah, you can kill me, but you're gonna fuck everything up, and she still does it. Like I, then she's not that smart. Um. Okay, that's that's a good point because he did lay it out like very clearly. Like this is what happens if you kill me. This is what happens if I just walk away. You guys can take over. Um. And I, I thought it was pretty believable. I guess her just, she was just relying, you know, on her, like you said, that need for vengeance that she's had this whole time, and nothing was going to stop her yeah. from achieving that goal. Even though I think we've seen it in like <laughs> every like vengeance movie, TV show. True. There yeah. always comes I that mean... time at the end where they're like, "Well, what do you do now?" Like, I did it. I, I killed the person I needed to kill. It's like, what now then? Now yeah, you're just, you're just there, there. There is the, uh, I guess, sunk cost fallacy uh, where, yeah, she's in it. This is her thing. Vengeance. I'm going to figure out the TVA and then I'm going to get this guy. And she, once you've gone through all that trouble to get to that point, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to, actually right like she'd been right she'd been running and setting up these plans for years yeah but i mean yeah like to find out that like she saw the script like majors like showed the script of like it's (laughs) yeah yeah, i planned all of this she still just pushed that aside like no you still gotta die well apparently (laughs) there is um uh, so they put out like a behind the scenes episode 
um, like the week after the last one where they, they just went through. And apparently there's a scene or sorry, uh, a line that was deleted oh. where majors, as they're sitting and talking to each other, um, majors is like, she's like, uh, well, you could have just, if you could really kill us or if you, or if you, if you have so much power, you could just have these chairs explode and kill us. And he's like, why would I have the chairs explode when I could just like explode the whole floor underneath you as, and so that's like a metaphor for like, yeah, I, why would I, yeah, I, I have this much power and I would just, I'll end everything. Um, and he's right. And I think they demonstrated his savvy and his, uh, you know, he only wins because like, he's still a regular guy. Like he doesn't have superpowers. He's a guy who just has access to everything that's going to happen. So yeah, he just knows it all already, but he, dem- he's demonstrated that so clearly by that point. So right, why like- does she continue to <laughs> doubt that he's actually got like, how many more demonstrations of this do you need? Sylvie? Yeah. That, that was a little frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, it needed, I don't know, I guess they, I don't know how else they would have done it, but this is the result they needed, though. True. They needed him yeah. to die for the story to continue, you know, where they needed it to go in terms of uh, phase four. Yeah. And another thing, this is sort of a nitpick from production angle, and... Um, I did want to get into this because so Disney owns like, you know, about green screen, right? Yeah. When you shoot something in front of a green screen, you can after product post-production, you can replace it with whatever you want. So Disney owns this thing called the volume. Do you know about this? The volume? There's a, it's a, it's three different sets that they have called the volume. And the thing is, it's like a dome where the wall, the interior walls are, they're not green screen. They're so good at, it's like real time green screen. So instead of it being green, it's showing what you want in real time. Oh, and so this was used on the Mandalorian, um, and I think on these MCU TV shows. So it's like uh, in these, I think, well, okay, definitely in the Mandalorian to portray like these you know, crazy Star Wars worlds. It's, it's like the characters walking around, like you only have to make like a little bit of the set and then everything else. And the, the benefit is that um, you're shooting it in real time. So the actors are responding to this in real time, as opposed to, it being just a green background. Like it's supposed to help with that. Anyway, this is something that Disney has bought. It's very, very expensive. They have three facilities that do this. One is in Australia. I think one is in Atlanta uh, and one is in Europe or something. So I think they shot this in the volume. Um, But like that, that final, the final thing, the final office thing. I, I think it was, but, more than that, what you can see is, and I, and I hate this because the shots are 
okay, it cuts to Loki and Sylvie sitting in the chairs, and then it cuts to Jonathan Majors, right? They're never in the same shot together. And I think that is uh, due to difficulties in scheduling. So you shoot them, you shoot the Tom Hiddleston, and I don't know this actress's name, but you shoot those scenes with them responding, and then you shoot Jonathan Majors just talking. So it's more difficult for actors because they're not together. You know, do you, do you get, yeah, do you see where I'm going? Like, this is a random point about production, but hello. Okay. Well, it seems like I lost Jay. Um, we are towards the end of the episode. Um, I'm going to text him right now. Um, he's, he just texted me saying, can you hear me? I just texted him saying, I can't. Um, wow. Well, this sucks. Um, I guess we can wrap up. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, can you hear me? And we'll see what he says. Yeah, this is weird. Look, we're on Zencaster. Zencaster isn't great all the time. Um, I'm going to tell him to log out and then log in. Uh, we'll see what happens there. You know, Zencaster is a startup. We've been with them for a while. Um, they do have really good customer service, but but we do run into these issues. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, like I'm pretty sure that they shot this stuff at the volume. Anyway, I don't think that Jonathan Majors were was in the same shots as Tom Hiddleston and uh, and and Sylvie, and you know I I. Th- think that comes through if, cause if you're not, if you don't have your actors really responding to the, uh, their scene partners, it's an issue. You don't, you're not going to get great acting from it. So uh, I don't know. That's, that's a critique. It's a very minor one. Um, not the end of the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. Justin, sorry, Jay is having issues. Um, I guess we can wrap up. We were almost done. We made it. Uh, uh, eat something green, drink your water. Visualist podcast. This is uh, 128. Yeah.